0: On today's episode of the Ringer Fantasy Football Show, we talk about Taysom Hill, obviously. And then the Cowboys are back. Rookie running backs are back. And Joe Burrow is not coming back. We also traverse through the running back waiver wire desert and all the other guys to add this week. Stick around.
1: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house.
2: See website for details.
0: Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. I am Danny Heifetz here with Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck, And we all died on the Taysom Hill this weekend.
3: (laughs) 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 Nice.
0: Wow. Good pun right out the gate. That was tough. So we said on the Friday show that... It would obviously obviously we all knew this for a fact because we're experts who follow this for a living that Jameis Winston would start and that Taysom Hill would have a larger role. (laughs) You know, subbing in as like, you know, the quarterback gimmick guy, and but Jameis was the clear starter here. And then I'm really happy and proud that we were proven correct on that. So what did you guys think of Jameis's day? (laughs) Jameis was disappointing.
4: (laughs) Did he play ah snap? No, zero.
0: Not a one. Like six hours after we released the pod, Adam Schefter was like, by the way, Jameis, not even practicing with the first team. Not even, nothing. So, yeah. Yeah. That happened. Do you guys think that if the Saints weren't playing the Falcons, who are like, you know,
3: a below average team, uh, do you think if they were playing the Packers, they would have started Taysom Hill? It didn't matter who they played? Yeah, yeah, I
0: don't think it mattered who they played.
3: Yeah, you didn't think taste, or uh, Sean Payton was like, let's have a little fun here against the Falcons, see what I can do.
0: No, well, DK's been on this all offseason. They gave Taysom Hill $16 million to stick around in 2021, and Jameis Winston's getting $1 million on expired Well, then why did they uh, sign Jameis Winston? That not cost a million dollars. What does it care to Here's them? Here's why
4: they signed him. It's because they wanted to use Taysom Hill as the utility man behind Drew Brees when Brees was playing. If you're using your backup quarterback as a utility guy, that's raises the risk that he's gonna get hurt. Therefore, you need a actual game day backup. And that is Jameis Winston. And that's what we saw last week when uh Breeze got hurt. They didn't want to like alter the entire game plan, I assume. And so they were yeah. going to continue to use Taysom as like the utility guy, the Swiss Army knife guy. But and this is like obviously hindsight because we all kind of thought that was how it was going to continue <laughs> yeah. to go. But I mean, if you follow the money, like it makes sense. Like there, are, there is a lot of logic in um, that we kind of missed or brushed over in thinking that it was going to be James. Because, like you said, they gave him like a two-year, twenty-one million dollar deal. Peyton has said all along, like he's told us all along, that he believes in Taysom Hill. He thinks he's like the next <laughs> Steve Young, which is obviously sounds like hyperbole. But um, well, also because
0: Steve Young went to BYU too, right?
4: Yeah, I mean, there's some parallels to it, but like he was a running quarterback in a time when it wasn't very common to have running quarterbacks and all this stuff. And so, bottom line is, I mean, get right to the game. Taysom Hill, I thought, was pretty impressive. Obviously, you have to have, you have to view it through the lens of this is a backup quarterback coming in, taking over for a future Hall of Famer. Um, But in that lens, I thought he was pretty impressive, honestly. and, And fantasy wise, he was great.
0: I thought he was fantastic. I mean, he started out really slow. And then yeah. I was surprised. I just assumed there'd be a lot more running, to be honest. He had 10 carries for 52 yards. It's kind of cheating because, like, his longest run was 20 yards, but he fumbled, and then he did a 10-yard scramble. But I thought they'd be doing a lot more RPOs, reads, like, like option plays, like what the mm-hmm. Bills do with Josh Allen, what the Cardinals do with Kyler Murray. I just thought there'd be more of that. There wasn't really. It was a lot of play action. Basically, the Saints yep. were, like, there's, like, 45 quarterbacks to meet the minimum threshold. Breeze rakes, like, 42nd of 45 people in play action rate. Taysom Hill yesterday would have ranked first in the whole league in play action rate, like 45% of his throws. So they basically like, tripled how much they used play action. And he was really good on it. But he also got super lucky. Like he threw two balls that should have been picked. Like the deep passing was awful. It was simultaneously mm-hmm. the longest any ball has been in the air for the Saints this season. Also 15 yards under thrown. <laughs> I don't even know how to it describe it. Like Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders caught it like a pun. You know what it's like to throw a ball 15 yards short and catch it? It's like, if you go to Thanksgiving dinner and you're two hours late and you show up, they're like, hey, we're running three hours behind on dinner. And you're like, great. Like, you just think that he's in line for disaster coming up? I think we all do know what it's like to throw a football 15 yards short because we're not in the NFL. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah, we actually know exactly what that's like.
3: I was less impressed with him than you guys were. I thought they gimmicked him up a lot. He... Of his 30 passing plays, 13 on play action and five were screen passes. 18 of his 30 dropbacks were were a little bit aided. He had some crutches. His deep balls mm-hmm. were terrible. I, I thought he had like five plays where he maneuvered in the pocket well and like hit a solid 15-yard pass. But I think if if this team gets down 10 and he's got to run a two-minute drill, I think they're screwed. Yeah, it's kind of like it depends on expectations.
0: It's like Yeah, that's movie. like,
4: what do you expect from a backup quarterback? I, I don't know. I, I still think... I'd rather just have Jameis.
0: I remember I saw Batman versus Superman on an airplane and I was like, I watched it and I remember thinking, oh, this is the one everyone says is the worst movie of all time. And then I watched it. I was like, that was, that was fine. That was, I was so mad at it, but it's like, <laughs> when your expectations are so low. Yeah.
3: That's I'm totally there. Like everyone thought he'd be a three out of 10. He was like a six and a half or a seven. Yeah, I agree exactly. with that. <laughs> but like. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think there I don't think there's any revelation about Taysom Hill. I guess he's now a viable backup. I don't think he should be starting on an NFL team.
0: Well, there's two amazing things about him. One is he hasn't thrown a touchdown pass since he was at BYU in twenty sixteen. He's thirty years <laughs> <Yes>. old. Which <laughs> just you know, every time I think about it, I'm just amazed. It's like when two is like rolls out left. It, every time it occurs to me, I'm just like a like a, a goldfish.
4: In the nineties or when when was that? When was he in college? <laughs>
0: the 90s. Good no, like he actually the, was only in college like four years ago because he, you know, the mid Yeah. Well, oh, okay. he, first of all, he had four season-ending injuries in college in five seasons. Yeah. So yeah. the fact that he's still lowering his shoulder is just incredible.
3: We really can't understate how poor. Sorry, we can't overstate how crappy that deep ball was. That was the worst deep ball ever.
0: Have you? When's the last time yeah. you saw a deep ball that bad? Yeah. If it had gotten intercepted, it would have changed the entire tenor of the game. You're right about that. <laughs> like it's one of those like outcome is driving the process. It was
4: his only twenty yard pass. Well, no, he had one taken away by penalty. He had one touchdown taken away by penalty. That was
0: underthrown too. He got lucky. Terribly underthrown. That That was really bad. That was a bad throw. Yeah. He
3: almost kind of
4: has a Philip Rivers deep ball.
3: It seems like his arm motion doesn't work quite as well to throw a deep ball. It's laborious. And honestly,
0: he had a game. The deep pass he threw against the Vikings too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like at least he has a deep ball. It's like, do you want like? (laughs) <laughs> I don't even know. It's like, you want a shitty deep ball or you no deep ball? You guys are
4: expecting way too much from it. I Okay, bottom Maybe line you're though. you're older
0: like, and wiser and know not to expect
4: things from
3: life. I think I'm expecting the amount of money he made to translate into performance and I just don't <laughs> think
0: it did. Accountability? <laughs> uh, question though, where do you guys weigh in on the Great Taysom Hill debate, which is in ESPN, it's like an uproar because he's available at tight end and they just have a starting quarterback who's like running the ball for two touchdowns like at tight end. Yeah, he this like ran played. zero routes. How do you guys feel about this? It's like the weekend that was is like whatever. Like it was just sprung on us all Saturday morning that it's this going to happen. But going forward, if you're in a league with these eligible tight end, (laughs) how do you feel about this? I think the eligible tight end thing is BS.
3: What I think Yahoo (laughs) and ESPN should do is toggle it. When he's starting, he's a quarterback.
0: And when Breeze is starting, he's a tight end. Wow. that Actually, that's kind of interesting because that is the weird thing is when Breeze comes back and Taysom is catching passes again. Like, what the hell do you do? He can't be started as tight end. I don't think
4: he... He's not going to be. He's not going to be. They're going to take away his tight end eligibility this week, I guarantee you. Guarantee? Really? Well, I don't guarantee, but I'm pretty sure they will. Because... You know, whether it's fair or not that people picked him up to be a tight end because, like, you know, I did this in one league where I was like...
0: Oh, I played him in You know, in there's league always league. the <laughs>
4: chance that they could start using him down the stretch, blah, 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 and he's eligible at tight end. I'm just grabbing him. And then Breeze got hurt, which was, like, a bonus, obviously, for people that picked him <laughs> up. But, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, Danny, you always talk about, like, the p- parallels to real football and, like, blah, 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 all the importance to the value of a team. Like, he's a quarterback. He's not a tight end yeah that's the, all.
0: So, there's the thing about... About it is that I, look if you had him in ESPN I had him in ESPN I played him at tight end this week I won because I played him at tight end it was glorious week. but yeah. the thing about it is this isn't one of those situations where you're like hey sports are trending toward positionless positionless <laughs> teams right. There's no and great like, players and value it's not that at all it's like some of the platforms cough cough like ESPN just were like oh like we're gonna call him a quarterback and a tight end and they were wrong, and some people benefited from it. But the Saints have called him a quarterback the whole time. He's listed as a quarterback. Like yeah. it, it's just, yeah, you can't take it away from the people from the previous weekend because obviously in a day or two's notice. But I do think it's absolutely also just there's a certain game theory here, right? Do you want to piss off the ten percent of people who have Taysom Hill or the ninety percent of people who don't? Like at a yeah. certain point, you just have to be like, hey, sorry, you're getting screwed. Like you're losing your your loophole.
4: I think ESPN is going uh, to change it because so many people were in an uproar about it. It was, like, actually a pretty big deal on Twitter.
0: Yeah, like, well, why do you want to piss off 90% of people when you can piss off 10? <laughs> I don't think it's as big of a deal at all in Daily Fantasy because it's like, like, FanDuel has him as a tight end, but who cares? Everyone can have Taysom Hill. It's up to you. But the people who just kind of have him and fell into the situation. But going forward, so Drew Brees re- is going to return at a minimum. He can return against the Eagles, I think it's December 13th. And so he's going to miss two more games because he's on injured reserve. It's actually the first time he's been on injured reserve. He's 41. I think that's amazing. But That is crazy. So speaking of amazing, well, I don't, not in a good way, he has 11 broken ribs, eight Jesus. on his left side, three on the right side. I had to Google how many ribs you had. It's 24. Really? <laughs> so you have 11 broken ribs out of 24. He's got more than half. Well, no. Nice job. He can't do math on the fly either, Craig, apparently. Nice job, Craig. <laughs> it's 24. less than half. It's almost no, half. What?
3: He has more than half of his ribs <laughs> are eleven healthy. of twenty four. Twelve is half of twenty
4: four. Oh, Craig is saying the more than half are healthy.
3: He has thirteen healthy oh, ribs. He's... He has eleven <laughs> hurt ribs. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> what the hell are you talking about?
0: Oh, okay. I thought you were saying more than half are broken. Sorry. Uh, so he's got no, more than he's half. He's fine. His... Throw him out there. Well, that's the... Ben Glicksman, one of our editors, was said that it's like the Monty Python sketch of like it's a flesh wound, right? <laughs> what are you gonna do? Bleed on <laughs> me, hopping around. But so the thing with this is. Let's just say he comes back on December 13th, which is so we're getting at least two more games at Taysom Hill. And then, first of all, I don't really get how you can recover from— I mean, a broken rib or two is pretty painful. I don't really understand how you can play quarterback with 11 broken ribs, even if you can get through the pain. But Taysom Hill has so much value because Brees can kind of just leave the game at any point. Like, he's kind of a game-changing player at tight end and kind of breaks the game. But let's just say he's as a quarterback. What's his value as a quarterback to people over the next couple weeks and beyond to you guys? Especially if you have if you're a playoff team.
4: I don't know. I think he's a qb one. Yeah. Because of his rushing upside. It's the cam it's the cam conversation, you know. They didn't use him as a rush rusher in the first half. I think they were very much trying to like ease him in. It's like, you know, give him a few easy throws, dude, bootlegs here, bootlegs there, a lot of play action. Like Craig said, it was very schemed up. But in the second half, he was able to scramble around a little. He had a design run touchdown. He ended up with 50 yards, which I believe led the team. And two touchdowns, and anytime you have that like kind of rushing floor, it gives you this really really high ceiling too. You know, if he can actually start <laughs> throwing some touchdown passes like he did at BYU, but um, so to me, like he, he's a QB like a low end QB one probably. He got he has a, he does have Denver next week, which is a very tough defense. We saw what they did last week, but then going forward from there, Atlanta, Philly, Kansas City, which is tough, but and then Minnesota and Carolina to finish out the season. So. I mean, if if Breeze is is gone or out for you know at least four three or four weeks, then I think the next few weeks, like if you picked him up as a tight end, you might still even be able to start him at quarterback if you don't have a better option. Like I have Roethlisberger on one team, and I'm like, should I just start Hill at quarterback going forward over at Roethlisberger? That's kind of like where my mind is.
3: This is this dovetails perfectly into what I wanted to ask you guys, which is I think this is the most important name game of the season because yeah. If if you have Taysom Hill for whatever reason, whether you thought he was like a fun stash on your bench, you had him as a tight end, and now you're in playoff contention and you're really trying to like win these next two weeks, how bad or good does your quarterback have to be to where you're actually swapping him out for Taysom Hill? So like, you know, going forward, DK and Heifetz here, would you start Taysom Hill or
4: Tom Brady over the next two weeks? That's a good question. It's 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 how bold do you feel?
0: <laughs> the Bucs play the Chiefs in Week 12, and the and the Chiefs' defense just made Derek Carr look like an MVP candidate. So that one's really tough to play like Tom Brady. But I mean, the Saints are playing the Broncos, and that could go either way with the Vic Fangio's defense. But the rushing is so like the odds that Taysom gets a rushing touchdown is just so high that right. I feel mm-hmm. like his floor is like thirty Like him scoring less than 13 points feels inconceivable. I know it's not, but it feels that way.
4: We're burying the lead massively here. Taysom Hill was a QB three this week. He was a tight yeah. in one by far. He was the QB yeah. three. Uh sorry, this is pending Monday Night Football, but still. Um, and he and right now, pending Monday Night Football again, he is the overall fifth top he's the fifth scoring player this week. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't throw he didn't throw a touchdown. So where does he <laughs> land here? Is he like in the QB
3: 8 to 10 range? Is he like with Big Ben and Lamar Tannehill? So
0: I think the interesting thing is that yeah, I think the I think defense so. is playing so well you're going to get similar to what happened with Jared Goff this year where it's like they're just not in shootouts like they were in 20 like they were a couple of years ago and I think that will continue so I don't think mm-hmm. there's good they're going to need him to pass a lot but I do think they're going to need him to run quite a bit. I mean they only had six design runs for him but three of them were on the final drive they had to kill the clock. That part totally seems reasonable to me to keep happening. So yeah I mean I think I think it's legit. Like, you're going to want to keep playing them. I, mean, I think, unless you've got like one of that, like, the, you know, Divine Five, um, that doesn't rhyme, but Kyler, Rust, you know, Josh <laughs> Allen probably, the, you know, Aaron Rodgers, like, you know, the people who are really good. at Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah. But unless it's one of those, I, I mean, you could start him over almost anyone. I mean, t- you know, you're going to throw Wentz out there over Jason oh, well, no. Hill. At sucks. This point? Wentz sucks. Matt Ryan, though, Matt Stafford, absolutely. The guys, the, the, how about Hornets Lamar their-
3: Jackson against Pittsburgh?
4: Oh that's such a good <laughs> question. It's crazy. Ah! It's crazy that it's come to this. Oh my god. <laughs> that broke my brain. I'm I'm not going to start tasting over Lamar. Out oh. of principle.
0: But it's a discussion. It's a discussion. Crap! <laughs> if you had told us that we'd be talking about this in August, I would have oh thought God. that we had like just sold out and been like, "Wow, we must have had been out of ideas."
3: You would have been like, "That's got to be the weirdest thing that's ever happened in 2020." <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Jeez. Okay. Wait. So.
3: I, okay. Wait. We also have to talk about the other players in the Saints. Michael Thomas yes. had his best game of the season by, by far. far. He had nine catches, 100 yards. He peppered him. You know, I I don't think that. I mean, you're starting Michael Thomas if you have him, and it was kind of a happy accident that that just happened
4: <laughs>
0: yeah but the flip side is alvin kamara had the first game of his career without a catch that's right yeah that's how concerning. worried
3: are we about kamara here like i mean for kamara managers like you can't fucking wait for breeze to get back
0: <laughs> i didn't watch this game this week and think oh no the saints think that latavius murray is a better fit with Taysom hill right i watched this game and thought oh no the saints don't think alvin kamara is 100 healthy because alvin kamara played through the end of last season november december with a serious knee injury and like that's I mean, good for him. Like, he's a tough guy. He plays through injuries, but the flip side is sometimes you don't realize he was hurt till, like, May of the next year. And I think that might be where we're at, where if Alan is not playing, I mean, he's playing half of what he usually plays or almost that. That suggests to me that he the foot injury is kind of serious or at the very least, they're trying to, like, make sure he's maximized in January and February. So... I mean, what are you going to do about that? You're not going to bench Alvin Kamara. But I do think it's not really fair anymore to expect him to get like the three touchdown, be like the su- supreme Dalvin Cook level number one, number two guy until he's playing 70 plus percent of snaps again. The flip side of that is I do think Latavius Murray is a serious flex now because if you're playing even 40% of snaps to the Saints offense, obviously Taysom Hill might bleed some, some rushing touchdowns. But still, Latavius Murray is known for never fumbling. They love him near the goal line, he's going to get opportunities. That's really valuable. If you've got Latavius Murray, I think he's a he's a really actionable running back right now. So that's kind of the up and down of the backfield. He's been consistent all I mean, he basically
3: averages like forty-five rushing yards a week, like with or without Kamara. That's what it's like. Literally every it's like 10, 12 carries, 45 yards. So now if it ticks up a little bit, yeah, he's a flex.
0: Okay. One other piece of news I wanted to hit up top. Joey Burrow after the season. Torn ACL, mm-hmm. torn MCL, other structural damage to his knee. That totally sucks. Obviously, I mean, gruesome injury to watch. They didn't even show it, the replay in CBS, rightfully so. And it's just awful. Obviously, that sucks. The Bengals, as a football team, aren't really relevant now. Obviously, like sucks for fantasy. What do you guys do? And obviously, you can cut Joe Burrow now, unless you're in like, a dynasty league. What do you guys do? With, I mean, Joe Mixon's also an injured reserve. They put him on injured reserve, I think, shortly before the Bengals game started. So what do you do if you've got Gio Bernard, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green? What the hell do you so do? The do?
3: backup is Ryan Finley.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
4: I don't feel confident starting any of those guys, to be honest. If if we see that Finley can like actually run this offense and get those guys involved, you know, and then maybe I'll think about it for week twelve, but I'm or for week thirteen, but I am not doing anything um, until I kind of see what's going on with with like this offense. And I, I suspect it's not going to be worthwhile.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think he's right.
0: Yeah. Every year, there's kind of like a couple offenses by the middle of the year that are like, these aren't, there's no fantasy value to be had here. And I think the Bengals with Ryan Finley are going to look like the Jets did a month ago. Yeah. It's not a good situation. So that just sucks.
1: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house, everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to all states, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state, based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.
2: This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, dot com Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more.
4: It actually, so it it, it reminds me a little bit of the Cowboys situation over the last few weeks, which I guess we could use to uh, pivot to one of my winners of the week, if you want.
0: Yeah, hit us. We could use some wins in the year of 2020. The Cowboys offense, it kind of like had
4: some new life this week against Minnesota. Woke up, so to speak, um, with Andy Dalton back in the lineup after missing a couple of games on the COVID list. He also missed a game with a concussion then he missed a game on the COVID list. And I wouldn't say that Dalton was like anything special or super exciting, but what he did do is get some guys involved. That offense overall just looked better. They moved Zach Martin to right tackle, which I guess made a big... Impact on the overall offense, I think, and just their ability to run. Zeke all of a sudden is like back in the conversation as a good running back. He went over 100 yards for the first time this year. Um, He had 21 rushes, 103 yards. He added two catches for 11 yards and a touchdown. CeeDee Lamb had a touchdown grab. Um, Amari Cooper was involved. Yeah, our
3: Amari Cooper call was kind of nice. He had a good game.
4: Yeah. And even Tony Pollard got a little bit of action. He had a big touchdown run. So I don't know. It, you know, it's not necessarily like I'm going into every game now with the, with this confidence that I used to have for the Cowboys offense, but I do think it it makes me more confident to start a guy like Seedy. Or yeah, you know, also, I, I was catch, never going to bench.
0: That was the best catch of the year, and then Adam Thielen had maybe a better one. That was crazy. The one we flipped <laughs> over like the Matrix. That yeah, was it looked, the battle
3: of the rookie of the year, right there, Jeff Justin Jefferson and no Thielen, Thielen had and going the good back one. And forth. Oh, I guess Jefferson no, I know, had the long but, touchdown. Yeah, but those two, I feel like, I think that's the final two now, unless Herbert really starts cranking out wins.
0: I feel like it has to be Herbert. I mean, honestly, Herbert was my winner of the week because Herbert, just the Chargers for getting Herbert, like, he's so cool. He had two throws that made me, I don't want to be like jaw drop because they didn't make my jaw drop, but my eyes agape, my eyebrows (laughs) went up, whatever that is. Like, Mm -hmm. one was the deep ball that he threw. I'm sorry, I don't even remember who it was. I just remember staring at the ball, and he threw it like six, probably 55 yards in the air. But it didn't leave the screen. Like, the arc was like he threw a 10-yard... Yeah, it was like a flying <laughs> drive to center field. But with a football. Like, he just threw... It. I've never seen a 60-yard pass. It was that guy
3: Tyron Johnson.
0: I've never yeah. seen a 60-yard pass stay on the screen before. It was crazy. It's <laughs> so fun that Herbert's good. The other one was when he was running backward. If this was Mahomes... Like, if Mahomes did this, we'd be losing our minds. He was kind of not running backwards, but like running and then turns and flips his hips, squares his shoulders and like ripped a rope to Keenan Allen. That was so fast that the defensive back turned around and like tried to, and it was already in Keenan Allen's hands and Keenan (laughs) Allen legit. I feel like I've never seen this either. Didn't move. It looked like he didn't move a muscle to catch this ball. Like he just put his hands up and Justin Herbert just threw a 98 mile an hour fastball to the space (laughs) between his thumbs and the defensive back looked so confused And I was just was thinking like this. I thought he was gonna. I thought Justin Herbert was gonna suck coming out of college, and he's been so quick. I can't remember being converted in an opinion so quickly as Justin Herbert has in like the half season. And I feel like everyone who's he's a unanimous approval rating. Nobody's watched Justin Herbert this year and been like, I don't like him. If you have him on your fantasy team, you are absolutely starstruck because he's so fun. He delivers every week. The Chargers are lucky. Keenan Allen's been great. DK, you're also my winner because you had Keenan Allen as the number two receiver the rest of the year last week, and he was the number two receiver this week. So there you go. Justin Herbert, Chargers. he not Chargers. the number one? No, I think oh, he Oh, I guess he
4: fell behind Thielen. Damn it. Yeah, Thielen. Yeah.
0: But yeah, Chargers are my winners. You're my winner.
4: I I remember hearing Doug Baldwin say this one time back in the day, how he, he said something along the lines of like, most of the time you catch the ball, but then sometimes the ball catches you. And it's like <laughs> the quarterback just puts it right on your hands before you're even really like looking. You know what I mean? I love that. Um, so that was what that reminded me of. I, I, Dude, I don't think anyone expected what we're seeing from Herbert. Like maybe his parents, but maybe not. Like, you know what I nah, mean? Nah, even then no. when they were
3: like at the dinner table <laughs> when he was gone, they
0: were like, I mean, he's not going
4: to. I want to ask you a not. question because I think about this literally every fucking week now.
0: You were gonna say day, and you scaled if back. If Tyrod, if, if
4: <laughs> Tyrod hadn't gotten stabbed, do you think that that Herbert would even be playing yet?
0: I feel like he's he's like, think to be about so impressive at practice that he'd have to be by now. Like if he's doing like the Mahomes thing, it's like they traded Alex Smith because they're like we've been watching Patrick Mahomes in practice. I feel like if he was doing this and they yeah, were losing them a these close games, to
4: do
0: that. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> I think what
3: would have happened is maybe if they were playing really poorly with Tyrod and they were losing, and Anthony Lynn wanted to save his job, he switches to Herbert like week eight, week nine, and that yeah. gives him like three more weeks.
4: It's just one of those things where I'm like, man, it's crazy. Like, hyphens, you say it every every episode now, and I love it. It's like we're one or two injuries away from being a good team. Like, the the Chargers aren't a good team, but like they're much better because of Herbert.
0: And to be Um, clear, yeah. I feel so bad for Tyrod Taylor. I mean, yeah, what everywhere course. he's gone, some weird thing has happened, some weird injury has... I mean, this is, this is beyond all of them. This is like borderline lawsuit material. But, I mean... <laughs> borderline? Yeah. <laughs> <Good point. laughs> he got stabbed. <laughs> right, right over the border. But, oh my God. So, Craig, who's your winner of the week?
3: Guys, fellas, boys, we gotta <laughs> talk about the rookie running back carousel has returned to bear luscious fruit <laughs> For the three of us, for
4: the fantasy community, it's been like a freaking roller coaster ride.
3: So we got to talk about if it's going to stay. But I'm talking about Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, and I'll like toss Clyde Edwards-Alaire in there. Like he had a great game too. Yeah, he He's been a, a little game. up and down since Le'Veon. Great came game. In. He was
0: the number two running back.
3: Yeah, yeah. There you go. Jonathan Taylor had four point seven points in week ten. This week, he had 13.4. He had 22 carries, four catches, over 100 yards. Should have had a touchdown. I think had legitimately 50 rushing yards called back from that, like, insane streak of six back-to-back. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was one he of had, the like, crazy sequences. He had, like, a 20-yard sequences. touchdown, a 10-yard run. He was, like, visibly frustrated. He'd get up and be like, fuck. Like, <laughs> can I, let just let me run. I can do it. Yeah. But, um, and then flipping it to J.K. Dobbins, who just, absolutely dominated all of the Ravens' backfield. He had 1.9 points in Week 10. He had 17.5 points this week. He had 15 carries, 70 rushing yards, a touchdown. He looked great. They both played the most snaps uh, of their team. Jonathan Taylor, really importantly, as we talked about how this didn't happen the week prior, he played crunch time snaps. He was like killing the clock for Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. He was in there in in like the final minutes of the game. And the biggest question is, is, one, who do you like more going forward? And two, do you like both of them going forward, or is one just going to revert right back to being nothing?
4: I think the answer to this question is a little bit moot because J.K. Dobbins was placed on the COVID-19 list today, and this is Monday (laughs) afternoon. You know,
0: going forward the rest of the season. And by placed, we don't mean close contact. Like he tested positive. He's out for Thursday football. We'll get to all that.
4: Yeah, I think Jonathan Taylor is the answer here, though, because I mean, honestly, Craig, it played out. I'd have to go back and listen to our pod from on Friday or whatever. But you basically like it was like you're a soothsayer. You're like seeing the future. You, my you, rap sheet? <laughs> <laughs> Am I the new rap sheet? Addicted clock in my mind,
0: right twice a day or whatever they say.
4: You're like I could see them just have it. He could start a little quick, and then they will just stick with him because he got the hot hand. I could see it happening. Blah blah blah. You laid out the scenario. And that's pretty much what happened. I feel like. You know, there was even reports this week that Naheem Hines was going to be, like, the lead guy in this backfield. And sure enough, the Colts tricked everyone again, um, except for Craig, because Craig was all over it. Does Jonathan Taylor come out of the burn book now? I guess it's the main question. No. Th- this is part of being <laughs> in the burn book. Okay. This is noted.
3: absolutely... This is Duly a part noted. of the requirement to be in the burn book. You can't just suck the whole year. You have to tease people. But so they play Tennessee next week. Jonathan Taylor... Should be a fantasy starter next week, right? This
4: okay. I want to say something about the rookie class because this has just been such a crazy. It's been such a frustrating year. And, and and in some cases, it hasn't been their fault. Like Jacob Dobbins going onto the covid list now after having his breakout game is is unfortunate. De- uh, DeAndre Swift having his breakout game and then having a concussion late in the week, which I don't know if we've gotten the like how that exactly happened. but, Just frustrating, obviously, for the fantasy managers that have held on to these guys in hopes that they're going to continue to break out. But um, at least, I guess, at least we've seen these guys can do it. And so that gives me some hope that, like, down the stretch, it'll finally come together and people will be rewarded for holding on to these guys.
3: DK, so you're the draft guru. So going into the NFL draft in 2020, the way you ranked the running backs, how do they rank now in your mind? Not on situation, just on Watching them, how they're playing. Who do you think is the best and worst of like the, the
4: big five? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, man.
0: Well, to be clear, the two big five are Clyde, Edwards, Elyer, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, and um,
3: I don't know. I guess we can Antonio do four, Gibson, Cam Akers. Ha- Cam oh Makers? yeah, or Cam Akers who hasn't really played. Gibson. Yeah, Antonio Gibson. You Gibson counts, him. I guess. Yeah. If you're building a team right now and you only can have one of them, who are you starting oh, your team with? Oh,
4: that's tough. I I still think it's Dobbins. And by hmm. by like the the slightest hair over DeAndre Swift, who looked incredible in that game last week.
3: Wow! So Clyde, well, Clyde's you,
4: third, I thought yeah. you
0: love Clyde. Clyde's third. I do either? love Clyde. So Clyde's dead love to Clyde. you. You're saying Clyde's dead to you. That's what you're saying. You hate <laughs> him.
4: I would say I would say after that it's it's Clyde and then Jonathan Taylor. Just Jonathan Taylor hasn't really shown anything special to me yet. I you still think he can he's a walk really good runner.
0: On- after holding penalties, really frustrated.
4: <laughs> good. Yeah, he's already got the, the Allen Robinson body language down. I think John, I think they're all really good players. I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a really good player, but I'm talking about, like, the overall skill set, explosiveness, tackle
0: breaking, all that stuff. That's how I'd probably rank it. But, I mean, it's really close. Also, you mentioned we don't know how DeAndre Swift got his concussion, but he was banging his head against the wall waiting for Matt Patricia to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> No, but Thank that's him. a really interesting point. I Honestly, I would not have thought you would have put Clyde third. You love Swift. He's such you a you love, guy. and you love Dobbins.
4: It's funny because I don't. I I don't think I even came into the season loving Swift that much. I just think what he showed the other day was like last week in week ten was <laughs> guys incredible. with wiggle
3: are just more attractive. You know what I mean? Like guys who just like make people miss and just, like the Lashawn McCoy style running is sudden is so much more appealing than like a fucking bruiser.
4: Clyde Edwards Lair to me is like a he's a he's a pickup truck. D'Andre Swift is like a freaking Maybach or something like that. You know what I mean? Clyde
3: Clyde (laughs) is Maurice Jones Drew. He just like is the same player, I feel
0: like. Speaking of implicit bias, while we're on the running backs, back to the Herbert thing. Do you think that we were just biased against all of his incredible physical traits because he looks like he's 14 and can't drive?
3: Like, do you think we just saw his
0: face and we're like, he's not going to be a good quarterback?
3: I also think for some reason it had something to do with him being at Oregon. I think people discredit Oregon football players, and I don't know why. I know
0: DK hates them, but... <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, your weird Washington-Oregon civil war, which I don't really know why you guys are mad or what it's about. I just know, like... I think uh,
3: people assume they're all smoking mirrors. They're gimmicky. They got their flashy jerseys. I
0: you are going to say smoking something else. Washington's pretty big on that, too, Heifetz. <laughs>
4: I'll be honest. I don't know. I think there's more, there's more pot shops in Washington than Starbucks, I heard.
0: <laughs> when I when I visit Washington in, in 2028 20, for the first time after everything's like we can travel again, that'll be great. We'll have yeah. a good time. Yeah. Okay. That's good. We didn't get to top scorers or high scores, if you will. Uh so let me just go through them. Quarterback Deshaun Watson was QB one. Herbert was QB two, Taysom was QB three. Oh my god, what the is this? The <laughs> RB1 was Dalvin Cook, RB two was Clyde. RB3 is Derek Henry, which, oh my god, that walk-off. Cook and Henry are in there every week. Ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Honestly, very chalk week, except for quarterback, which is like a different dimension. Wide receiver one was Adam Thielen. Wide receiver two is Keenan Allen. Wide receiver three is Demir Bird. Okay, not so chalk. Okay. Tight end one was Travis Kelsey or Taysom Hill, depending on what your league is. Darren Waller was tight end two. Mark Andrews was tight end three. And then defense, super Chuck, yeah, yeah. The Browns against the Eagles, the Panthers against the Lions, the Steelers against the Steelers against the Jags. I I, want to quickly shout out the Panthers who had, I think they had gotten like they'd forced like, I think it was like five punts over the last three games, and then they shut the Lions out. Like, one of the most <laughs> random defensive performances in, like, I yeah, can remember. the Lions,
4: my God, the Lions have hit rock bottom.
0: There it, was some
3: embarrassing third down stats. Like, the Panthers uh, like had given up every third down on, like, the last two games. And then, like, Detroit got zero out of ten third downs. I seven. really yeah. think yeah.
0: that if the Lions weren't playing on Thanksgiving and had a three-day turnaround that they would have thought about firing Patricia. But they can't because it's like you can't fire your coach and then, like, right. play two days later. I think you're right. Okay, burn book time. Yeah,
3: this might be a this might be a first timer, but I I don't know if anyone's in the burn book after this week.
0: So we put the people we put on burn notice. Shout out Michael Weston. The <laughs> love that You're show. Obsessed. People on burn notice were James Connor, who had ninety nine total yards. I feel like a hundred total yards would definitely immunize you from the burn book. Ninety nine, close enough.
4: Nah, he's off the. Burn
0: he's book. A, he's not on burn notice. Anyone else?
4: This one I don't even really think counts because he's just been pretty useless this year but Jarvis Landry I keep feeling like he's gonna break out and this is gonna this is gonna be the game where he like shows up in that passing game and all that stuff and so maybe I'm just gonna throw Jarvis Landry on there even though like most of the time he's probably not in your lineup at this point I mean he's like He's like the wide receiver, like seventy or something, right now. But um, he's got that name value. Yeah, he's got the name value, and he's like the de facto number one in this offense. So I keep thinking, like, oh, this is the week. This is the week for Landry. Like, whatever. I'm just gonna preempt myself to not think that ever again. So let's throw him in there. But this isn't like necessarily like a big. You know, he's not probably in. He's he's probably not been in a lot of people's lineups. But regardless.
0: Can I throw out one one bird in the book person who I don't know if he should be in there, but can I throw out Dabo Sweeney. Dabo Sweeney. Dabo Sweeney. Yeah, yeah. doesn't
4: re- doesn't really fit, but that no but all because it.
0: Florida State is like, hey, we're not going to play this football game in the middle of a global pandemic as the CDC says, don't travel f- to see your loved ones. And Dabo Sweeney is like, you pussies, what are you guys <laughs> doing? <laughs> Scaredy cats. I'm just like, what are you doing, uh, bro? You're the bird book for that for me. By the way, you're just, you're just tossing them in. Yeah, <laughs> just toss them uh, in. sure. Burn. I burned. I burned them the second I saw that. Forget your cool Disney movie that's coming.
4: By the way, I wanted to. I wanted to add one thing. I feel very validated about putting D, uh, Marquise Brown in, in the burn book. What, whether it was last week or the week before, I can't remember. But he had a big old
0: goose egg this week. Zero. So, like, so I had a friend text me. He
4: is officially Baker's
3: Brown.
0: I had a friend yeah. text me this week weekend absolutely stunning question, which was, should I play Marquise Brown or Jacoby Myers, which gobsmacked me. And then I thought about it. I was like, I think you got to play Jacoby Myers. <laughs> and Marquise Brown goose. It. It it's like, can you just
3: drop the guy? I don't even know. Like, this is crazy. At the end of the year, we should do a thing where it's like, who was the lowest ranked guy to beat out the highest ranked guy?
0: It's <laughs> uh, James you know what I mean? It has to be because I mean, he was the fifth player on the Jaguars depth chart. And who's the highest guy that he beat out? Non-injury division? Yeah, maybe Zeke? <sighs> I think it's Juju, because is an unequivocal failure. Juju's the third best te- player in his own team. Yeah, but Zeke was drafted, like, fourth. Yeah, in- but you can still play him. Juju's, like, unplayable. Juju's behind Claypool and Deontay every week. No, I know. I'm talking about literally, like, numbers-wise,
3: like, who yeah, out- okay. scored somebody in a season.
0: Yeah, ter- emotional disappointment. I think the highest-played person who's been healthy but still upsetting is Juju. Honestly, how is Juju not in the burn book yet? We should burn Juju.
3: No, he hasn't been that bad, though. He's been, that bad. He's been awful.
4: He hasn't been
0: no, that he bad.
3: hasn't been that bad. Also, he hurt his little foot stepping on a flag. <laughs> <do you> <laughs> oh, God,
0: I forgot about that. He stepped on the flag.
4: It's a good segue into our waiver wire section, I guess. Because Okay. Yeah, yeah, He might miss this week, it sounds like, Juju. He, You can see in the video, he's literally just walking to the sideline, and he doesn't see the ref referee flag in front of him. He steps on it, and I guess he tweaked his foot or something. He's got a foot injury or a toe injury. What's like the lamest way you guys have been hurt? Is there anything? I got hurt playing badminton. I sprained my ankle playing beer pong. (laughs) (laughs) I pulled my hammy playing badminton.
3: I threw out my back swinging a golf club. Really?
0: What club was it? Yeah.
3: I don't know, like a five iron or something? I have to
0: say, my story is pretty bad because it was one of those, you know when the the game takes 15 minutes and then you're at the last cup and then that takes another 15 minutes because everyone's just cold? Mm -hmm. It was that and then I won. I was really excited and I jumped up. And I landed and my feet were on, like, one, one foot was on the carpet, which is like, you know, a half inch higher. And then the one that was not on the carpet just wh- oh, rolled. Oh, no. Just it's rolled. like a
4: kicker who, like, tears his ACL, celebrating. Yeah. So, I,
0: you know, I really enjoy, you know, criticizing the whims of professional athletes every week. I feel extremely qualified.
4: I tweaked my neck really bad, toweling off my head one time.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> that wins. That wins. <laughs> yes. No. Oh, yeah. That, that wasn't even kind. when
4: I, that's not even, like, when I was old. That was when I was young, which is weird.
0: Other injuries, Juju, the flag thing is ridiculous. Joe Burrow, we mentioned, he's, he's out for the year. Julio Jones had a hamstring injury, came back to just catch like a third or fourth down play and then left again. Honestly, which
3: was, that was fucking cool. Dude, he
4: is a <laughs> cyborg. That was <laughs> unreal. <laughs> this also further like strengthens our argument about how, well, this isn't our argument necessarily, but like the Falcons offense is fucking worthless without Julio in it. Yeah, Julio it really just,
0: I, I feel like Julio, we might just look back, he, He's Most underrated, underrated star receiver ever? Yeah. yeah. If he were yeah. anywhere else, it's just... He, ah, it's crazy to me he's not... Just... He's crazy good. He facilitates touchdowns. He doesn't score touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, right. really, though. Uh, Randall Cobb has a toe injury that's actually going to land him an injured reserve. And then Kenny Stills also uh, questionable with a leg injury for the Texans. Watch that as that develops. But... Uh, you got Will Fuller there, so somehow Will Fuller is the last healthy man standing, which is hilarious. And then Knock Kiki, Kiki T, yeah. who Bill O'Brien hated, we'll see how that goes. But because Bill O'Brien's gone, and then Rex Burkhead with the Patriots is out in the injury that probably opens things up for Damien Harris. Looks pretty Sony serious. Michelle. Yeah, but Sony Michelle is off injured reserve. Not that him and Rex Burkhead do the same things, but who knows with the rotation if anything actually changes. And then Lamichael Piran with the Jets is banged up with an ankle injury. I don't know if you actually want a Jet. I mean, what are we going to do? Pick up Frank Gore? But let's just go into streaming trash for running backs.
4: The running back situation's bleak
0: right well, so now. He, well, it yeah. was, but here's the thing. J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram both test positive for coronavirus. The Ravens play Thanksgiving. Right now, These uh, Chris Morton said at ESPN reports that they're going to play this game we'll put that to the side. Let's just say they're they going to play. I, there's a lot of money. So they're going to play this you game on Thursday. should shell the
3: hell out for Gus Edwards.
0: Gus, the, Craig Horlbeck is saying pay for Gus Edwards, and he hates Gus Edwards with every fiber of his being.
3: Every fiber.
0: So yeah, the Gus, Gus Edwards is owned in like 7% of leagues. I don't think he's owned in your league. You should probably go get him. Honestly, he could have a huge day. They're going against the Steelers' run day, but he, amazing chance for a touchdown. If you need to stream someone, obviously go get him. I think the question is... If you can't get Gus Edwards, are you guys at all intrigued by Justice Hill because they're down Ingram and J.K. Dobbins and Justice Hill is like this very athletic guy who's like the fourth man like left out who suddenly might now be like second in this very good rotation. If Gus Edwards is taken by someone, would you want Justice Hill at least to stash him on your bench in case or, or what would you or is that just ridiculous?
4: The the way that I would respond to that is Sure. I don't think, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not confident. It would be, situation would have to be kind of desperate for me to start him, but going out and grabbing him is, I think, a not a terrible idea because we don't, like, if they do, like, a straight-up rotation with, with uh, Gus Edwards and Hill, then, yeah, he's valuable.
0: There's, so, also, there's also a non-zero chance, like, look, the way the incubation period works for coronavirus, there's a non-zero chance that if Dobbins and Mark Ingram tested positive, it's not like Gus Edwards can't test positive Tuesday or Wednesday. It's like, it yeah. is. it is, you know, there is a possibility that Justice Hill is the starting running back for the Ravens on Thursday. So, do you in piss positive
4: and COVID tests? What? I thought you said he could piss positive. No, test <laughs> I think positive. He's <laughs> test positive. I was like, this it's, isn't a steroid. Quite, like, I don't think that's how the Q tip here. thing works. No. <laughs>
3: Did Heitz just
4: figure out COVID? Is it all
3: in the urine? <laughs> yeah. Oh
0: my God.
4: Anyway. Um. So yeah, I would I would definitely prioritize Edwards. and Then you take a flyer on Hill if, if you're you know in a deeper league. If you're feeling spicy, yeah. Who else?
0: What other te- what other guys this week, if not Gus?
4: I actually saw this saw this uh, tweet from Pat Doherty from Roto World. It's like this is the worst running back waiver wire spot that he can remember. And I think like we had uh, talked about. it I feel it last like night. everyone's
3: like, really got everybody on their team. People are hunkering down for the <laughs> yeah, winter. With it's cuffing romps.
0: season with your fantasy team. It, it,
4: it's yeah. not good. So I threw out, here's a couple of guys to throw out there if you are like, absolutely desperate to add people. Carlos Hyde of the Seahawks. Chris Carson is due back for Seattle, but his recovery has been like far slower than I think anyone expected. Even the Seahawks. Um, Otherwise they probably would have put him on IR, but he's, he's had a slow recovery with a foot injury. It's unclear how close he is. I think he'll play, but if he doesn't, Carlos Hyde's definitely a starter. Um, Last week, he had 14 carries, 79 yards and a touchdown. Frank Gore, if uh, Michael Pirine misses time, Frank Gore is at least going to give you like a three or four or five, point floor I know that sounds terrible but like you could do worse Um, and then the other guy I think is actually kind of fun is Tony Pollard just because if Zeke got hurt or whatever you know like Pollard has that the talent to be like a really good pickup late in the year so um, he's a guy to stash more than to play but um, yeah bottom line is pretty bleak in terms of the the running back position I think Gus Edwards is the main guy
0: who do you think retires first J.K. Dobbins or Frank Gore
4: <laughs> oh my god! I felt, dude. I felt. I started to feel really bad, actually, because there was a story that came out. I can't remember where I saw. It. Maybe it was the Athletic, but it was like Gore was talking about how he's pretty bummed out that he's stuck on like this terrible Jets team in what might be his final career. Like he just feels so stuck on just a shitty team that's never gonna win a game. He doesn't want to be part of this like infamous Owen sixteen potential Jets team. And I was like, God damn, like you, you, like, you don't really think, I don't really think about that all that much. Is like, this guy just wants to keep playing and whatever, like, but he clearly wants to win still, which is, I mean, I guess natural, but man, he just, he hates, <laughs> he's hating life right now, being on the Jets.
3: It's like if DK wanted to keep podcasting when he was like 60 and he just like hopped on some eighth graders NFL pod <laughs> every week to chime in.
0: <laughs> and he's still plugging 70 year old the radio station kid
4: from Wet hot American summer who it's, it's not even plugged <laughs> in he's just talking to himself that's I'll go on his
0: show that's like yeah. a shutter island of podcasts <laughs> okay so Gus Edwards obviously the pickup everyone else it's more like look in the mirror do you really want these people wide receivers <laughs> gut check time gut check time okay what do you guys think of receivers this week
4: Yeah, there, there's a few out here I feel like Craig did you were you the one that kind of like categorize these into two different categories uh, two two different areas mm-hmm. lay it out for me so I, there's
3: the one week late guys where they're likely have already been picked up it's Curtis Samuel who somebody probably grabbed him in the last week or two he's been consistent the second half of the season he had 17 points this week they're using him a lot uh, he's had a big target share the next guy's Michael Pittman who we recommended last week odds are somebody grabbed him he had 66 yards and a touchdown this week. I still think the worry with him is that the Colts just don't throw it enough and he's not going to get a ton of targets. I think he could let you down next week. and uh, He's not like a dependable starter just yet, but he's frisky. Mm-hmm. Um, these next two guys, Demir Bird might not be in this category, but he had a huge week. He's got a big target share for New England. But again, I don't know if that's something you want to trust. And the last guy's Corey Davis, who I personally really like. I think I would take Corey Davis over Demir Bird. Um, but again, might be on somebody's team already. And then um we have the this week guys who are probably on the waiver wire. And we got two jets. We got Mims and Perriman. Yep. Heifetz's favorite. Mims he- Heifetz, what do you think? Flacco by the what way. Flacco, do you think about Mims this week?
4: Flacco has looked pretty good. Sorry to interrupt. Yo,
3: Flacco is just absolutely sailing them it's to Mims. Kind of crazy. Just chucking balls to me. <laughs> I'm him. sorry. You're talking about it. Joe
0: Flacco, like threw his first pass as a pick six in what might have been the worst hash like hash throw I've ever seen. Okay, yeah, that was a bad pass.
4: I'm not. I'm not. Okay, good is a very relative term. <laughs> good, like I'm, Batman I'm versus Superman. Very, it's not as bad as very, was told. very relative terms to the Jets' expectations for the Jets' expectations for Joe Flacco late in his career. Taysom Hill put the opposite. I mean, like honestly, when Flacco comes in, I think I've said this before. It's like he's an energy vampire. It's just like oh <laughs> yes. god. It's like oh. <laughs> everyone is. Everyone who sees Flacco coming is like oh this guy again like god damn it but then like in the last three games or whatever two games he's been fucking swinging it I don't know Slinging I don't it.
0: deny that Denzel has look good I just deny that he will get yards for the Jets he's
3: had like 50 yards a game I mean like on it he's like a he is like a flex now he gets like eight points a game that's a flex I I maybe I'm just just prejudiced against the
4: Jets I mean yeah I get that
3: I'm saying like if you're in desperado mode here Mims impairment are not the worst thing you could go the, the other Adam two guys,
0: Gase Memorial Burn Book. That's all I'm saying. You're right.
3: You're right. The other <laughs> two guys are Tim Patrick on the Broncos and Russell Gage on the Falcons. If Julio misses time, you know, usually one guy yeah. fills in for Atlanta, whether it's Zacchaeus or Gage. And it looks like it's Gage this time around. Who knows?
0: Hard to gauge. Nice. Oh.
3: And then what? Do you want to get to tight ends here? There's two guys. The big one is Jordan Aikens, because Kuti, I mean, excuse me, uh, Kenny Stills and Randall Cobb got hurt, and now we got Jordan mm-hmm. Aiken. So
4: he was pretty good the first, I would say, like half of the season, like getting a pretty consistent amount of targets and things like that. Then he got hurt, I believe, and and they shook things up in the Texans passing game. But I feel like Watson likes this guy. Watson kind of trusts this guy. And so he's definitely worth picking up. And then the other guy I would throw out there is Jordan Reed of the 49ers, who's uh rostered in 15% of leagues. Two weeks ago, he had five catches for 62 yards. It looks like Kittle's going to be out for a while. Ayuk went back on the COVID list, and I don't know what Debo's status is in terms of his injury and everything. He, I think he's going to play, but you just never really know. So Jordan Reed could be one of the primary passing options in this offense. I mean, look, this is a tight end position that's just a wasteland, but these are the two guys that stood out to me this this week on the waiver wire.
0: One other tight end to throw into the mix. We just saw as we were recording this that Adam Thielen just tested positive for COVID-19. So the Vikings don't really have like a receiver to step up. Obviously, Justin Jefferson's like the top receiver there now. But really, the next beneficiary of Adam Thielen being gone would be Irv Smith Jr., the tight end. The Vikings run a lot of two tight end sets. They got Kyle Rudolph there, but he's kind of just old and out to pasture. Irv Smith Jr., I mean, they took him in the second round, right, DK? Like 40th or something? I mean, he's an athletic guy. Went to Alabama- they've been trying to get him more involved. This seems like the opportunity that would give him a lot more reps. And you're probably, I mean, who's the other Vikings receiver. It's like, Ola BC Johnson or Chad Beebe. Like you're not actually putting them in your flex. If you need someone at tight end, I think Irv Smith jr. Is a really good dart throw. If Thielen's going to be out. So I would, I would plug in, I would have no problem plugging Irv Smith jr. Uh, if you need some help at tight end. Okay. Uh, other quarterback streamers. There's not really any good quarterbacks on buy like, there are no buys. There's buys are over. <laughs> so, like, you probably don't need to stream anyone. Obviously, pick up Taysom Hill if he's in your league. For Other love than that. God I feel like Derek Carr you. is good at football. And I think we have to acknowledge this now. I really didn't want to, to be honest. I wanted to pretend he didn't exist. He was PFF's top
4: rated, top graded quarterback this week against a good Chiefs defense. Like, the Chiefs defense is quietly pretty good.
0: If any Raiders fans thought that. I, don't know, I can't speak for you guys, thought that I was ignoring the Raiders' offense. Um, you were right. I was trying to ignore them and hope that they would get worse, <laughs> and now I can no longer ignore them. Derek Carr actually played excellent. Maybe it's just we were mm-hmm. hearing what he was saying, so we had to acknowledge he exists for the first time as he yells Google and various other strange words. Wait, I think I have a burn. Derek Carr? No. David Henry Carr? Ruggs? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you should cut him. Yeah. I would. Yeah.
4: yeah. He's in there, I would say. it's He's just a rookie.
0: It's, it's just it's, tough.
4: It's, like, titillating the idea of Henry Ruggs, but the reality is just not happening at this
0: point. It's like that, like, interior decorating project you've never gotten around to. It seems like it would change everything, but you're never going <laughs> to It's never going to happen. It's
4: a really, yeah, that's a specific thing.
0: Um, is that because his last name is Ruggs? How no, actually, that happens to be a coincidence. Okay, let's get the hell out of here because I'm making rug puns without even knowing it.
3: All All right. Thank
0: you, Craig. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Lord. DK, what band? Uh, Thank you, Kanye. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 10-year anniversary. Check out the Ringer Music Show on Spotify. And also, we will be coming to you guys with an episode. Craig, what's the schedule? You're the producer here. I don't know. We're
3: uh, we're coming out with one on Wednesday like we normally do, except it will be the Friday show where we'll do our predictions, some for Thanksgiving, some for the Sunday slate. And there will be no show on Friday. Everybody enjoy Thanksgiving. And
0: email us ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Send us your bad beats, fantasy courts, various shenanigans. Thank you.